0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the most common pieces of our Christmas decorations in our homes today is the manger scene. Now, I don't want to get into any debates on who should be in that manger scene just yet, but I encourage you to think about how are all those pieces facing? Which way are the pieces facing? Generally, and at least in my case, I think in most cases, if you set up your manger scene, right there in the middle is baby Jesus, lying in that makeshift crib. Then around Jesus is Mary and Joseph, both looking down on him in awe and wonder. And then nearby is a shepherd or a few of them also looking down on Jesus. And then even the animals, the sheep, possibly donkeys or camels or cow, also tend to be right there looking down on Jesus, as if they too are looking on Jesus in awe and wonder, as if even the animals are praising Jesus. Seems kind of crazy to think, right? How can animals praise Jesus? They're just animals. And yet in our gospel reading today, we hear that even the most inanimate parts of creation would cry out praising Jesus. But before we get that, we consider first the disciples who were praising Jesus. In our gospel reading today from Luke chapter 19, the disciples were praising Jesus for the mighty works he had done. The mighty works, the miracles that Jesus had done. And we could go on and on with all the different miracles and mighty works that Jesus had done. But just to name a few, there's the fact that one, Jesus healed a woman who had a fever, terribly ill, and yet he simply spoke to her and she was healed. Then there was the time when Jesus reached out to a leper, an unclean man. Not just unclean because he was sick and terribly diseased, but unclean because he was cast out by society. And yet Jesus touched him, and he was healed, perfectly healed. Then there was a time where Jesus also healed a young boy. More than that, he raised a young boy from the dead, speaking a word to this boy, speaking life. To a boy who was dead. And then there was the time where Jesus fed thousands. Thousands of people with only a few loaves of bread and fish. And those just being a few. of The many mighty works we could go on to name. But the mighty works that caused the disciples to cry out in praise. To praise Jesus. And again they praised him with these words. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory In the highest. Blessed is the King, the King above all kings, the King above all, the King who comes in the name of the Lord, the one who comes in the name of God, who is over all, and the King who brings peace, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And yet, to put it lightly, the Pharisees didn't feel anywhere near the same. About this Jesus. In fact, the Pharisees said to Jesus, they said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And before we get ahead of ourselves, that word teacher is not giving him a whole lot of respect. Sure, they were giving him a little bit of respect, acknowledging him to be some kind of teacher, but they certainly didn't see him as their teacher. And Jesus certainly to them was not a divine teacher. So the Pharisees, they weren't going to praise Jesus. But more than that, they didn't even want the disciples to praise Jesus. I'm going to pause right there. Because I think at this point, if not already earlier on in our service, some of you might be wondering, why are we reading this today? Why are we focusing on Jesus, the grown man entering Jerusalem right before his execution? When today is Advent, the first Sunday in Advent. Aren't we supposed to be preparing for Christmas to celebrate this baby boy, Jesus? What does this reading have to do for us today? In fact, this reading from Luke chapter 19 has a great deal to do with this season, a great deal to help us focus on this Advent and soon-to-be Christmas season. Because this reading today points us to the fact that this baby boy we're waiting to celebrate again, the birth of Jesus, is our king. He is our king. I know Pastor Thomas preached on this so well last week, so I'm not going to get into all those same details, repeating what we heard just last week. But in fact, our readings today point us to even different and deeper details on who this king is. Because in our Old Testament reading, which was read for us right at the beginning of the service, from Jeremiah chapter 33, we hear that this king was a king who was long promised, foretold and prophesied to come by the prophets. Again, Jeremiah chapter 33 reads, In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. That God would cause up a righteous branch to spring up out of the line of David. God promised he would sing a king through the line of David. And then in our gospel reading, Luke chapter 19, we see that God kept his promise. That this baby boy didn't just be, wasn't just that, just a baby boy, but who grew into being a man. A man who would do great and mighty works. A man who would even go to the cross for the world. And then in our epistle lesson, we are also told that this king we are waiting to celebrate once again is a king who will come back to this earth again, who will come back to usher in his final reign and rule, to usher, inter- usher his eternal reign and rule. This is the king that we are waiting to celebrate. This is the king that we celebrate this Advent season. And so much like disciples who praised their king who is entering Jerusalem, we too should praise our King. Praise our King with great and loud voices. And you know what's wonderful about the Advent season? Is that in, during the Advent season, we are given extra opportunities to praise our King. Extra chances to gather right here together as brothers and sisters in Christ to praise our heavenly King. Because we have not just only worship here on Sunday, as you're all very well aware, But we have worship every week from here until Christmas on Wednesdays. During the day and in the evenings. Extra opportunities to praise our king. And as we gather here to praise him, we praise him with a great voice. Just like the disciples praised him with a great voice. But for those of us who maybe aren't the best singers, really don't think we can carry a pitch or a tune as much as we may like to do, it's okay. Okay. Because great here doesn't mean a beautiful, perfectly pitched, wonderful singing voice. Rather, instead, the word great here simply means above standard in intensity. Above standard in intensity. Which also makes me think of one of my favorite Christmas time movies. It's a little bit newer for some of us here in the congregation. The movie Elf a movie in which a man grows up to think that he literally is an elf from the North Pole. And he lives his whole life by the elf code and the way of life that elves should live. So much so that when he's confronted with a woman who's a little grumpier than he would like for the season, he says to her, he says, sounds like someone needs, needs to sing a Christmas carol. Because singing loud for all to, all to hear is the best way to spread Christmas cheer.'" Singing's just like talking, except louder and longer, and you move your voice up and down. Just like talking, moving your voice louder and longer, and up and down, and above standard in intensity. And as I emphasize this, in no way do I want to diminish the beautiful gifts that many people in this world right here in our midst have been given with wonderful singing voices, that we too are blessed to worship and praise our God with these voices. But the point, God wants to hear all of us praise him. No matter if you think you have the most beautiful voice in the world or matter if you don't think you can carry a tune at all, Jesus simply wants to be praised. He deserves to be praised. And as he said in our gospel reading today, Even if the disciples hadn't cried out praising him, the stones would cry out. Even the stones, the most inanimate parts of creation, would cry out praising Jesus. Because that's how amazing he is. That's how much he deserves to be praised. I know there will be plenty of times in your life where you don't feel like praising him. You don't really want to do it. Or maybe, quite frankly, you're pressured by the world not to do it. Because we still live in a world with much the same attitude as the Pharisees did in Jesus' time. A world today that tells us to quit worshiping him so much. Don't spend so much time in worship. Don't go to church that many times in a week. Quit praising this guy. He didn't really do all those mighty things. He won't really give you all that he promises. And yet despite the rejection of this world, despite what this world may say, Jesus deserves to be praised because he is king. He is king above all kings. And he is God, a God unlike any other that does things far beyond what we would expect and could imagine him to do. He is your divine king. Your divine king who comes into this world for you to bring you peace. Disciples today, again, as they greeted Jesus praising him, said, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And as we'll also read from Luke a little bit earlier, Luke chapter 2, when the shepherds announced the birth of this baby boy Jesus, or the angels announced it to the shepherds, they said, Peace on earth. Jesus came into this world to bring peace on earth and peace on heaven, peace everywhere for you. Because even the stones would cry out in praising him. So join the stones, join all of creation, join the animals, join everyone in this creation praising Jesus because he deserves to be praised. He is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, the king who comes to bring you peace. So praise him. Praise him with your great voices. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And please stand as we join our hearts and our voices together in praising our Lord.